1: Hi, I'm Sarah from Brighton and you're listening to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything. My question is, many of the nation have recently been enjoying sporting competitions such as the Euros and Wimbledon. What do you think is the most boring sport and what would you do to make it more exciting? Okay, here comes the show and remember, question everything.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dame Baptiste's Questions Everything, a podcast for myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor Dame Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka the Hizer. Hello, and a mix of very special guests pose the questions
0: that need to be asked, and we are talking everything from we are talking everything from Sarah from Brighton's question: What do you think is the most boring sport, and what would you do to make it more interesting? Dane, Boring sports? Golf often comes to mind for me. I don't want to watch golf. Yeah, I don't want to watch...
2: I think it's the same thing. And I, I think... Because you've got crazy golf, mm. but it's a lot... It's really small scale. Mm. So they should be like normal golf, but with crazy golf stuff in there. So you're like okay, see you Tiger mean. Woods is on the green and they've released the actual Tigers. Let's see if you can hold his concentration and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: that could be good. Or it could all be on... I was thinking actually like the balls could be on fire maybe. That could add to like... <laughs> the balls could be
2: on and fire. And when you get it balls. in the hole,
0: there's a big explosion. Uh, that would be quite exciting. So,
2: yeah, on a minefield. That's what I mean. There's crazy golf. And I just think we just take different places. Like, you know, it could be like a landfill... Or it could be just over a Shark Tank, and you gotta like hit it over the Shark Tank and stuff. And it's someone's like, "Oh, that's in the rough. That is mm. not going to be good for him."
0: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it could be a little bit like the Running Man, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Uh, that's not a sport. That's the
2: problem. Is that's not a sport yet. Sure. Now, if sure. that was a, we're not that far off. We're pretty close because we've got like YouTube fights, yeah. and we've got I'm a Celebrity. So you just have to combine those, right. and you'll have the Running Man. Okay. But the most boring sport that's out right now, I would say, is probably golf. But then. I also find uh, most winter sports kind of boring as well. But that's just because we
0: don't have any idea about them, do we? Whereas golf is literally just
2: boring. I mean, the turnoff for me is the snow. Right, yeah. Like, you know, sport is supposed to be exhilarating and fun. It's just like where people go, I'm going on a skiing holiday. I'm sorry. You're going on a holiday in snow? Okay.
0: (laughs) Sounds insane to me. Suffice to say, on this podcast, we ask and answer all the questions about boring sport or whatever you want, Sarah
2: or exciting sports no sport uh, no question is too boring or too fast-paced and if you like the show please rate and review on apple Podcasts or follow us on spotify and you'll never miss an episode or you can subscribe to us on Acast, the world's biggest podcast network where you can hear all of the very special questions being asked and answered by our very special guests with that being said on today's show is an english television and radio presenter she is much loved for presenting the bbc radio one extra weekend breakfast show CBBC's Saturday mashup and can currently be heard entertaining the masses on Heart Radio with over 1.2 million listeners. She's also a big advocate for improving the lives and education of young people and has played an influential role in the BBC's apprenticeship and outreach schemes. And she can see so well, she can find your iPhone on a motorway.
0: Please, welcome to the show, Ms. Yasmin Evans.
1: <laughs> That's a great intro. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah. I write them all. And um, sometimes people look quite quizzically at us as, we're, as they're being read out. But you were you were delighted. You were delighted, We call
2: Howard. Howard is the producer and the podcast florist. He likes to give flowers as much as possible
0: to all of our guests. So please accept this bouquet.
1: I will always accept flowers, oh. actually. Always. I think. Can- Flowers,
0: so thank you very much uh, because because yeah. my wife isn't very good at make, keeping them going neither am I oh. and they it's basically dead flowers
1: you need a plant yeah, you, need you need a plant, plant
0: you know
2: you can buy flowers that come with a vase straight already yeah and yeah. then you just put the food in basically right. um, just get a plant okay. get a plant or get like a get, get a cactus I think you and your wife are oh, cacti yeah. people that way it's minimal effort
0: Everyone's happy, and you know, still green. I love flowers. The cacti
1: couple. The cacti yeah, couple. you want to be that.
0: Are there any sports that you think are boring, Yasmin? Just, to, I'll go back to uh, Sarah's question.
1: Um, do you know what? Because I don't like sports in general. Well, sport. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of like to watch them because. I just feel like it's a new experience every time. I've been told the offside rule probably about 267 times, to be precise. Um, I probably would find, <laughs> like, snooker. Is snooker a sport? It is, a, it is officially
0: a sport, a sport. Yeah,
2: yeah. Is it a sport, though? See, Yasmin, I'm with you on this. There's some things that shouldn't be considered sport. Like, first of all, if you can wear a tuxedo to a sport, is it a sport, really? I don't think so. Yeah,
1: I, I need, like, a, like, movement for sport. I want to be, like, like see sweat yeah, for sport. Yeah, probably
2: some steaks. Also, yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about equipment sports because I feel like yeah. when it involves equipment, there's like a higher barrier to entry. So if you can't afford, say, like a snooker cue or a paraglider or a curling <sighs> magic, then... I mean, yeah. all
1: sports have equipment, though. Yeah, w- but running. With,
2: with running, you don't really need it. But football, for example, you could have one ball and you could have 48 people and they can still play football.
1: So everyone can chip in. Yeah, they everyone can chip in. It's just a lot
2: more inclusive, whereas... Not everybody can afford a surfboard, or not everybody can afford a snooker cue, or a tennis racket, or a pair that of skis. So I think there's just that, 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 I'm just that class divide. So I think I'm just more closer mm. to the proletariat when it comes, especially because I feel like those sports involve feats of human strength that allow people to transcend their social strata. Whereas if you're if you can't afford a canoe to be, get good at rowing. You're never gonna be. I mean, a ball the kayaking. examples
1: that you're using are like quite extreme.
2: Listen, I'm just saying if, if... you
1: can't afford a javelin, then <laughs> Some people can't afford a javelin. I mean, I don't even know how much javelins cost.
2: They're not, they're not cheap. Honest.
1: I can imagine they're not.
2: And I, I reckon now all. with the cost of living crisis, they've probably gotten more expensive. Olymp- Olympic training is expensive that's why like a lot of Olympians between like Olympic games they oh, do stuff quid like about 50 quid for a javelin just in case
0: anyone's interested
2: 50 <laughs> that's quid
1: that's expensive for something
2: I have to go and pick up when I throw it that's outrageous
1: and where do you store it because it's like massive also
0: it's a bit dangerous isn't it so you know that's not an so easy dangerous. one to walk around with but then you've got to keep it the javelin
2: sharpened as well so, you got a sharpened javelin. I'm sure you do. You probably do. Do,
0: do you think? Probably. They, mu- they must do. At this confusing point in the process, I'm going to suggest it's probably time for a question. <laughs> I, it, this conversation is much more interesting than the gamers themselves.
2: But, you <laughs> yeah. know. It, it is probably time same, for a yeah. question,
0: though, isn't it, Dane? As the format of this show does dictate.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Miss Evan, Evans, our very esteemed guest, we'd like to invite you to ask the first question to myself and Howard. It can be any question you would like. And then mm-hmm. i would like to pose a question to you after that, which we'd like to discuss for about 15 minutes or some change as well. And then in an interesting twist of fate, I will like to throw the javelin back to you and pose a question to you. And then yep. we'd like for you to tell our listeners so they can find out about your good works, past, present and future. How does that okay. sound?
1: That sounds phenomenal. And well, the floor
2: is, of course, yours.
1: So my question is, what is your favourite history story oh go on what uh,
0: nice what has inspired this question in you maybe you've got your own lurking there yasmin
1: i'm like i was hugely into history at school and then when i left school and started to like look more into just history of people like i i just love to google a person also and like look at like where they come from like i'm talking about celebrities not just people mm. you know in general <laughs> so that's a bit stalkerish just regular people um, and so, i yeah so. just regular people what's your name passport number <laughs> right that, that is a um, show though
2: it's uh, called who do you think you are so that's cool as well yeah. like ancestry.com yeah. is the same thing
1: I, i'm obviously not not um saying that i came up with that idea yeah. but i could just get stuck in a hole of like people's history like celebs history so knowing that there isn't just this much of history that we're taught at school and a specific type of history. Note: I would love to know what your favorite history story is because I feel like when I ask that, it either sparks people to research, you know, something that they've never learned before, or that they've already done it and it's stuck with them. So mm. it's also it's a question, but it's also a lesson for yeah,
0: me. It's interesting, right, Dane? I mean, I would tell you right now that I. There's a lot of the big history stories. I got into this conversation the other day, which is, uh, sometimes it's a bit of a weird thing that I'll get, as a Jewish man, right, I'll get into conversations with people who are like, God, I read this, um... It's a really amazing thing uh, involving World War II and the Holocaust, and I just have to kind of stop them and go. Oh, it's a bit awkward, mate, because I'm really not that interested. Um, it's just I just I just you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's not. <laughs> uh, we were recording on the Shabbat, and that's what you said. <laughs> but I tell you what, I don't know what made that happen to me. Like obviously, I completely respect every element of that story, and no disrespect to it at all. But for whatever reason, from it, maybe as a child, I just was turned off from being interested in it. Found it upsetting i don't know what happened as a kid but now you're just not going to find me picking up the next great holocaust story you know and there's a million obviously literally yeah. there's amazing stories there at least six million stories so there you go and there this, this guy was yeah. telling me this story and i was like yeah i'm, I'm out i'm out it's fine you yeah. i'm glad you like it but i'm not in i'm not into that
1: it's also like not your responsibility i think like if people ask me like oh so what do you think about um the situation with george floyd in america it's like Fucking go Google it. Like, why? (laughs) Why have you come to me to ask about that? Like specific moment in time. Uh, It's like it's not. Sometimes I think when it comes to conversations like that, which are more than more often than not really deep, Mm -hmm. you kind of like have to unpack their reason behind it, which is can be really exhausting.
2: Why are you being forcibly trauma bonded to another story? Exactly. I get that, and I also get, and yeah, and Howard makes a very valid point as well. Is that? Because it's very strange that people use that as the uh, the jump off point to discuss human history mm. with you. So you're kind of like, why does it have to be this story of trauma? So, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a number of different stories, I suppose, and they I enjoy them for different reasons. But the one that sticks out the furthest, and that's kind of based on what you were both saying, would be the story of the Haitian Revolution. right? Um, because, uh, again, there seems to be a subtext of identity politics when you're discussing history anyway. So as you said, people go, how do you, yes, we feel about George Floyd? As if like, you know, you're, you're the go-to and that your interpretation of that history will be different to anybody else's. And I guess the same with Howard. Howard, did you know that at Auschwitz, you're like, yeah, I probably do know. Mm. why. Well, I, I mean, the overview, I, I, I pretty much know. So with that in mind, the reason why I enjoyed the Haitian revolution is because, I guess, in this uh, tendency for people to have to try to... Uh, attribute an aesthetic to history it's like a good story like black history is it can be a very it's a very reducing term and it kind of uh really only references i guess it's a very poor way of uh, trying to reference or i suppose try to make some weird pastiche of african history or the history of indigenous peoples from outside of the western hemisphere when that really if, if we are looking at what African history is, and I'm supposed to identify with that politically, then it's not really the entirety of it, so the haitian uh, revolution is a is a positive one because um well, they won first of all, it's nice to have a happy ending when um with so many of these stories about uh <laughs> trauma that involve uh ancestors or people who might share a political identification and mm-hmm. um I think it's an important one that can be, and I think that's the thing with history i think the the way the way that human beings tend to critical history. A lot of time we like to do it from the perspective of a triumph over adversity or a triumph of the human spirit. And that's normally why we use history as a reference to uh, mm. give ourselves a sense of grounding or, you know, to give um, some relevance to our background or to attach ourselves to that ongoing journey. So this is one of the better examples of it where, you know, you have a man who is a former slave to Saint-Lévitre who is up against both the uh, French Empire, actually Napoleonic forces, as well as uh, the American and British empires uh, alongside uh, Jean-Jacques Dessain was out, able to outsmart all of these parties and resulted in Haiti being the first uh, nation to liberate itself from chattel slavery. I mean, the story, when you hear the whole expanse of it, it doesn't seem to turn out great initially, but mm. in the same way, there was like Star Wars and everyone was like, hooray! And then many years later, it was like all over again with uh, The Force Awakens. So obviously human history is always going to have some level of flux whether it's long long ago in a galaxy far far away or not as long ago in uh the caribbean but um yeah Yeah, i like that story because i guess it has a happy ending and that might become then that probably comes from the fact that a lot of the time when we see history represented there is like a stylized element to it so we try to kind of give it that same kind of uh stylized um aesthetic when we recollect it because like I use Star Wars as a reference because people are like, oh, Star Wars, remember those good old days? And I'm like, it's a fucking war. There were no good old days. It's war. Like, there's nothing good about war at all.
1: I just have to say, I've never watched a Star Wars in my life. So.
2: <laughs> say it with your chest then Don't cover your face, Yasmin. You, sorry, what was that statement?
1: <laughs> I've never watched Star Wars. <laughs> I've never se- I know, like, the premise. Oh, I've watched um the one with Darth Maul. There you go. That's the first one. With the red face. Yeah,
2: that's the first one. So
1: It's not the first one though, is it?
2: No, but it, chronologically it's the first one.
1: I know, but it's not the first one. Yeah, the first, first one, one of the shit that's ones. That's why I don't like this because it's, like, it's the first one. I'm pretty sure I've seen an older version, but that's not. Yeah, I, so I just you, don't like the way that my brain isn't very simple. I need like first one.
2: I mean, that kind of leads to the, the, uh, kind of leads to the question you're, you're asking as well, because a lot of people, and that's the thing, when, when people look at certain aspects of history, depending on how that history resonates with them, then they might want to learn more about it. So in the first run of films from what would be called episodes four to six, which would be A New Hope, The uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, then those were obviously, I mean, those resonated so much with audiences that people were like, well, what happened before that? And what happened when, I guess, Darth Vader was Anakin Skywalker? And people loved that so much that then people were like, but then at some point then studios realized that people loved that nostalgia so much and wanted to see so much of the world behind it. Then you get like, you know, The Force Awakens and then The Last Jedi mm-hmm. and then Rise a Skywalker. But I think, I mean, if one thing it shows is that uh, human beings, irrespective of what point they are in their history, seek particular themes when it comes to recanting history as well. So uh, when you look at some of the the, more, the new Star Wars motion pictures, obviously they are retelling and there are new characters which are supposed to be having their own journeys, but are very similar to the ones that we met with the first outing as well, because obviously those historic themes are they resonate with people so much that they're like, yeah, just tell the story again, kind of, sort of. Oh, look, one more question for how it goes this history. Go on. Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Yes, but don't please don't quiz me on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just because you realise <laughs> that's all the
2: same company, so there's nowhere to go. There is no wiggle room here. <laughs> <laughs> you watch cinema, there's like thirty percent of cinema right yeah. now.
1: Don't quiz me on it, but but watch it. Know like know yeah, the premise. Cool. Know what's kind of going on. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah,
2: don't don't fall behind no. because then you'll be in a Star Wars situation. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Howard, your your story of of history
0: that you enjoy. Oh, this is really ruining this Marvel quiz I've got lined up for Yasmin.
1: Really, but oh, other no. than that, um,
0: no. My my favorite one of my favorite stories. I think if I'm honest, I was kind of kind of racking my brains about it. And I actually think a lot of my favorite stories come from music. Really, okay. I'm really interested in, in in the history of music. It's this thing that existed for centuries. And then, you know, obviously had this boom uh, when people could own it at home in that way. And what what are we talking about? The 50s? Kind of 50s more? Time, I suppose it's mm-hmm. around that time, really. So, like, I just find there's so many great stories. One of my favourites is, I'm a big Bob Dylan fan, and one of my favourite stories is that the whole thing. I don't know if you know about the fact that he found Jesus. I don't know if you know this, guys, right. but... Right, this is great. It's kind of weird because obviously, when people think of Bob Dylan, they think of you know, he obviously he, he's he's a Jewish guy in the '60s, wrote these songs that everyone loved, and then he's kept going for for sixty years, you know, which is pretty pretty impressive. But like his life was like in this massive. He'd had a divorce. He'd written a good album after the divorce, to be fair, but he was just in this kind of like nobody knew what was going to happen to Dylan. He he was he was slowly kind of becoming a bit unfashionable. And then he was on stage at this gig. This is the story he he tells, anyway. Uh, he's at this gig and someone throws a crucifix onto the stage, right? And um, he bends down and picks it up. And he says at that moment that he felt like Jesus uh, coursing through his veins um, and then proceeded to spend the next, I think it's three years Uh, writing Jesus-based Christian music, which when you see the footage of it, which I can happily share with the listeners and yourselves, it's like, you know, this kind of fuzzy-haired, juke throwed like, guy with this kind of gospel black (laughs) singer-choir. And 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 the weird thing is that that some of the music, you know, which I would say that most people will not recognise as his great works, is pretty good. It's really good it's really good. But it's just a brilliant thing about that story is that basically nobody knew, right? Yeah. So he did he picked up this corrupt this thing. Dylan goes off, you know, he goes and gets back in the studio. Nobody's obviously there. And and then but then he releases the music. He goes on, I think, David Letterman, uh, to kind of play the first couple of tracks, and everyone's like, Oh, this is this is interesting, isn't it? What's this that he's doing? And it's like, oh, sorry, is he singing about Jesus? Like, and it, just nobody had any idea. Which I suppose we've got used to people doing, with, you know, in terms of Kanye West. But um, mm. uh, he quickly, he quickly got got into Jesus, didn't he? Um, very quickly, but, yeah, very quickly. But anyway, that's one of my favourite stories from history: is the time that the kind of Jewish musical icon uh, Bob Dylan had spent three years, and then I don't know what made him stop, but um, uh, he was like, well. Into that, love that. Yeah, there you go. It's not a bad one, is it? No, what well, have it's you not. got, Yasmin? Have you have you got some tale from history? Have you not? Have you got one lined up?
1: Mine's at the moment it's quite um, music related because I watched the new Baz and Elvis film, and it really got me sort of like diving back into like the mother of rock and roll and where rock and roll stemmed stemmed from. So, oh,
2: a nice one! I'm
1: so deep into Sister Rosetta Tharp's life right now. Um, That's cool. I I have listened to her music probably years ago now. My mom's really into like old school soul and R&B and like way back rock and roll sort of when it was like, you know, Sister Rosetta Tharp and all the mothers of rock and roll that kind of like started rock and roll. And I think a lot of people forget about where rock and roll started because I'm not really sure if anyone really, I mean, I'm I'm speaking for a very large population, the world, but I'm I'm not sure if we kind of have ever really like delve deep into it unless like prodded to do so for example myself mm. but i'm i'm so obs- i'm like I'm obsessed with reading about her life and how like i'm watching like um video footage or like people portraying her and how she used a guitar and how like freaking amazing she is and yola who is an artist herself from the uk from london she portrays she is her in the new Elvis film. And I was speaking to her recently about how she had to really kind of prepare for the role to be Sister Rosetta Tharp and what she had to do to play the guitar. And she just learned a whole new rock and roll world as a as a black woman for this film it was it honestly is like one of the most amazing stories about her she's she was born Rosetta Newbin, but was married her husband's surname was Tharp so that she took that on and and this like the first recordings that she did in the 1930s are like so raw and so like she's got this Mm. like real like raspy like, I'm going to say, like, booming voice. Like, it just takes over you. And, and just, like, her life of traveling, her mum was into music, and she played alongside, like, people in her family. But just, like, the blues rhythm of rock and roll, reading about that has, like, blown my mind recently. I just absolutely love it. Like, I, I, like when I say obsessed, i have about 16 tabs open.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> I get really, like, into the recent... <laughs> Like recently, I was really getting into like JFK, and like I don't oh. know how it happened, but I'd gone from Arnold Schwarzenegger to JFK because he's he was
2: he's Jackie Onassis with the link he? yeah.
1: It? So I, like, yeah. and I will spend hours.
2: I've been in a number of rabbit the holes. The rabbit myself. holes <laughs> get me like they take me, and
1: then <laughs> and then as soon as I get like a little bit pissed off, I'm like, right, I'm gonna have to close these windows down. Yeah. But
2: it's a, it's that's that's a really really good point of human history. It's a it's a very. Yeah. Pivotal point in history JFK To Bobby Kennedy To Malcolm To Bay of Pigs To Sam Giancarna To Marilyn Monroe Like that That's a big rabbit hole there
1: And it like Is a scary rabbit hole as well
2: It really is Um, Oh yeah
1: But the The rabbit hole of Sister Rosetta Tharpe Is not scary at all It's like You know You're Aretha Franklin's Chuck Berry I mean there's countless others Like Her career Spanned four decades Mm. So like There's so much Like I would just think she's an like an unmatched artist.
0: Uh, we've had a lot of good historical stories, some very different ones, right, Dane? Thank you very much for bringing that question they're, to they're us. All, yes. They're
1: all
2: good, but um, yeah, well. I, I think that the problem is that we try to compartmentalize history rather than... <laughs> no, no, because it's, it should all be a thing of, all of these things are a part of the whole human journey. And I think if we were to kind of see us all as contributing towards human history, rather than trying to compartmentalize achievements and different points, then you know, and separate different types of history when all of this is human history. I think that uh, it would change the outlook. So, for example, Howard, like what might be the traumatic aspects of Jewish history should be a traumatic experience for everyone, irrespective of if they are Jewish, because as human beings, like we understand how grief and loss works. Hmm. And I think if we all treat all history as a part of human history, then we would all want to contribute to a uh, more prosperous future. I oh, hope that doesn't sound too wanky. I you like see, that word. Uh, but that's my point though right Mm -hmm. that like you know we all human beings should all marvel at the fact that sister Rosetta Tharp was able to create a sound at a time where both her uh, uh, sexual orientation as well as her race would have held her back that's an amazing feat for a woman to do in a western patriarchy oh yeah
0: as a creative in general yeah. so good question thank you lots and lots of different bits
1: to it right Dane? it was either that or what's your favorite sandwich so <laughs> we've done that we've done that before right. i think
2: okay <laughs> mine's was chicken, by the way
0: <laughs> <Chicken>. <laughs> oh. Oh. go on it's not that doesn't count that's a burger on oh. that's a burger Dane. it's a burger not a 100% sandwich.
1: a burger okay. anyway moving on yeah.
0: <laughs> my goodness <laughs> Now, my question (laughs) this week relates to the fact that when I was looking at my calendar today, I was looking forward to talking to you, and 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 then I was like, oh, look, I forgot about that. I've got to go to a parents' evening Mm -hmm. uh, for my two-year-old child. What the fuck are they going (laughs) to tell me about this two-year-old, right? Because, like, (laughs) he shits himself really well. Okay, we all know that. He eats the food they give him and he likes cars and occasionally he hits people. Now, uh, that's a child, as far as I'm aware. That's all two-year-old children, pretty much. And I was thinking, God, it's just pointless, isn't it? What a pointless experience that I'm going to go and do. I'll happily do it, but it's pointless. But it made, what it made me want to ask you guys, what do you remember <laughs> about actual parents' evenings? Because they do they do have some kind of pertinence when you're older and you're actually different from just a blobby child, two-year-old thing. What were your parents' evenings like? Did they were they important to you? Did they mean anything to you? What do you remember of them, Yasmin?
1: Um.
2: I would don't glance over that he hits people thing. By the way, I just want to... Sure. <laughs> we're working on that. <laughs> he hits himself and he hits people. That that <laughs> that might be a longer meeting with uh, the That's, teacher. That in, sounds in, like he's doing a di- he's
1: doing a dirty protest. I think you need to have a really <laughs> long think about what's going. On. Um. Well, I would say don't underestimate your kid. Right. right okay um, fine um, my my niece is like a sponge she literally like honestly she talks to me like i'm an adult and it really f- freaks me out um my parents evening was just pretty much every time my mum and biological father sitting together next to each other on a chair which gives me major anxiety because they split up when i was 18 months old so that in, it, it, in itself is fucking wrong <laughs> pardon my language yeah, yeah, yeah. and for them to both be told that I'm just I just don't stop talking like she's great she just doesn't <laughs> stop talking <laughs> my teachers always said you could be so much better at work but you know just, just needs to stop talking and then look now look who's got the microphone making money I'm it yep. talking all the time In your face.
0: Mrs. Who? What was her name? What was her name?
1: I can list them all off. I'll list them all off right now.
2: Yeah, Yeah, all of them. (laughs) We'll we'll tag them on on Instagram. (laughs) Each each and every one of them.
1: Um, But I mean, for me, as someone who I'm not like, I'm not incredibly smart, as in on paper educational. I really had to revise right. um, to soak it all in. So for me,
2: not educated, academic. academic. Yeah,
1: I was. I was not an academic person. Like I, I had to really, really revise hard, and I would have like any any type of highlighter pen and all the notes and everything like that. Um, and so, parents' evening for me was definitely something to like. For my, it's more for parents, isn't it? Obviously. It's their evening. It's more for my mum to just check up that I'm, I'm actually, I can read. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would be at home like, I don't know what this means. Like, what's four plus four? And she'd be like, it's, it's eight. It's fine. You can do this. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but for me, it's just a probably, yeah, a bit traumatic parents evening. What with having the, the parents there together and also just realizing I wasn't doing so well at school
0: yeah I I wasn't doing very well at school and I dicked around a lot I was a real I used to mess around a lot and uh hit people and shit yourself maybe no I was yeah. never very violent no no, no I was Good. never very violent the Just...
2: crap doesn't fall too far from the pee I don't say <laughs>
0: I never did any, I, I was I was just stupid. I just used to arse around, joke around and getting, wasn't very good at the academic stuff either. So, you know, I was always dreading it. I was thinking, God, if, <laughs> I was thinking if Dylan, my, two, my two-year-old my son knew that we were going to talk about him, what he'd have to say about it. He, what, a,
1: what are they going to tell less. you? What
0: are they going to tell you well, about? Is it, these two, nothing. They've got nothing to tell me.
1: I guess it's like different situations or how he's kind of like interacting with the people that you don't know because mm. most of the time he would have you and your wife there and other people his mates that you yeah. know but maybe it's oh maybe it's like a bit of gossip as well like oh your your son's been messing around with pete and you <sighs> think and you think he shits and punches people he's been influenced by pete just so you know do you know what right, I mean? Right, like, right, okay. Fill you in a bit. Yeah. It could be that. Well, I hope he doesn't I'll, go I'll, to school I'll, with anyone called Pete.
0: I'll happily report back to the, the fan base of Dave well, Matthews. I don't want to know how, how, it,
2: how, it, yeah, how it turns out, to be honest.
0: Imagine if he's been expelled. <laughs> <laughs> Suspe- <laughs> Suspe- <laughs> What's he? Because I always used to be like, oh, my God, I'm going to be in so much trouble. Because like the other day I did this stupid thing and this teacher and I got detention and, you know, it was all that stuff. Right. But like, I don't know. I just always amazing.
1: thought it was a bit like, why do we want to go back to school after we left at three o'clock oh, that day? Point, yeah. Like, And always like, oh, I'm saying this, my mom's a late person. So we'd have to book, like, the latest one anyway. Oh, like, that's
2: always the worst one when you're in the playground waiting for them or the other kids are like, well, bye, Yasmin.
1: No, like, I, I think people used to worry. Like, yeah. is your mum actually coming to pick you up? I think so today, yeah. So we would have the last appointment of the parents' evening. We'd still be late. Um, and there'd be no one else there. We, you know, you have got to sit on the chair waiting yeah. for the ne- the next family to finish talking. Then you like go up to the fold-out table. That's from Amazon, ten quid. Like in the sports hall. Like I've just been here four hours ago. Why am I? Com- Why am I at school in the evening? That's wi- <laughs> that's weird for me. That's weird.
2: It is a travesty. What was yours like, Dame? Uh, parents' evening. Um, it, it, I guess it, it varied depending on on parent. Because my mum used to go to most of them and she'd be late as well, but she'd be working late. And uh, it'd be fine though. She'd definitely make it effort. My mum used to show up in like a Burberry Mac for like, oh, that she got from like the Hackney outlet. Nice. and she So she'd make it a bit of a fashion show. So she'd show up in like with her little satchel and that. And uh, it'd be cool because I think me and my friends would be like, so the parents evening for a start was just a really was a point of ridicule because some of my friends' parents were dressed up in ceremonial garb as if they were going to their child's wedding. As opposed to going to a parents evening just to make the effort because I guess it's an educational setting. Mm. Some people's mum would show up in full, full ceremonial garb, which was obviously a point of ridicule. Then we'd obviously have jokes. I went to, I went to a boys school, went to a grammar school. And so there'd also be jokes about whose mum is the, is the sexiest. Right. Um whose was that interest? I don't I don't really remember to be honest. I I, I was like, like Yasmin, way too focused on the fact that I'm in school when the sun goes down, which to me Weird. is a travesty and, and, and an and atrocity of human history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um because it's like I believe that the covenant is that I behave myself between the eight, the times of eight thirty to three fifteen on the basis that when 3.15 comes around, then are now bound you. Now this is my time. So mm-hmm. there's a window of 3.15 to about 5.30 between my commute home and my parents coming home from work, where I again have to fall under their rules as authoritarians. Mm-hmm. But that window of 3.15 to like five 5.30, that's Dane's time. And then, and then encroaching on that time, I think is a betrayal of that said covenant. <laughs> so I'm already being like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like the sun has gone down <laughs> and I'm still on school grounds. I'm, I feel like a reverse vampire. I'm in the dungeon and... <laughs> I'm in a dungeon with Kirsten Dunst and the sun's about to rise. So That's true.
1: That is so true. Also, I really feel like we could really like erase all of this parents evening stuff by like just having one meeting with the parent, like the teacher. Like as if my mm. teacher just met my mom, she would know and they both would have an understanding that I was always going to behave myself because if I did not behave myself, I wasn't scared of the teacher or detention. No. Exactly. I'm scared of my mom hey, I will get B's maximum. I'll be fine and I'll be well behaved. A little bit chatty, but who doesn't like a bit of entertainment in the classroom?
2: I mean, the whole thing is, and I I hasten to inform you of this, uh, Yasmin, that the schooling system, as we understand it, was actually devised by industrialists in order to prepare us to conform to a life of work. Mm. That's why the hours are always exactly the same. That's why you are segregated along the lines of your age and your gender, despite having no mutuality within these parameters to the people you're in class with. Yeah. And you are also Pavlovian in a Pavlovian fashion, conditioned to only respond to the sound of the bell.
1: Which and uh, which other establishment does that?
2: Yeah, exactly work. And then no, also you prison. Are- and prison as well, yeah. Oh, no, prison is different because at least in prison, you are guaranteed an hour of exercise every but day. But we don't
1: eat unless the canti- in the, we eat in the canteen. Yeah, you have to so, eat in the canteen. I'm saying we, like I have been a prisoner. Let me just, it's not we because I have not no, experienced it like that.
2: You're institutionalized.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: You've been conditioned, but all have been institutionalized. But that's what I mean. It, it prepares you for either prison or it prepares you for being uh, working because, um, you know, the thing is, if you are resistant to the idea of an academic institution there are no other despite the fact that you might have other gifts which contribute to society because all three of us neither of us work in jobs that you can really come from just academic study um but if you choose to resist or you don't I guess or you don't have an affinity with um institutionalized academia then there's no alternative for you and um I think my parents probably understood that to an extent not that I was going to become a creative but they through their own experiences probably were aware that depending on academic institutions to educate their child alone would just be an unrealistic expectation Mm. and even me to an extent like even with parents evening I think I think I liked parents evening because having my parents there Mm. if I wanted to have this course with a teacher was helpful because I was never really I I was never someone that would challenge authority for the sake of a laugh I would definitely challenge it just for the basis of what's being said because I was never somebody that could acquiesce to someone saying because I said so. Uh, it was never a good enough reason for it or because I'm the teacher. So if a teacher didn't make an observation, I'd be like, yeah, but. So there would be a discussion and having my parents who are quite logical and they're, I mean, they're logical and they're moral people, yeah. which can work. That can be good and bad, like in school, when they say like, we're going on a school trip. The children will only need pound fifty a day. My parents are like, here pound fifty a day, not one pound free, not 2 pounds exactly what it says. And also, whenever a teacher would go, I think it'd be good for Dane to be the only black kid in all of Heidelberg in Germany. It would be educational. My mum would go, (laughs) why don't you say educational? Of course I'll send my only son to one of the whitest parts of Western Europe by himself. Of course that's a good idea. And I'd be like, maybe you need to look at more fucking history like he has been posting that first question, mum. And you could understand why I shouldn't be in bloody Heidelberg by myself. She's like, it's educational, it'll be fine. And all my friends are like, we're going away at summertime, we're going to the Content and I'm like, well, I'm going to Germany
0: because apparently that's what <laughs> Caribbean people do. Mm. But the, so. I just think, I just think to to conclude this this reminiscing of our childhoods uh, and through Parents' Evening, I just think the reason you you want th- these things exist is for you to check up on the child, right? That's the basic thing for the parent. Yeah. What's that person up to? And with this nursery that he goes to, I've got this app here, right, that literally tells me. So uh, today. He pissed himself at 8.40. Then at 10 a.m. he shit himself. And then he had some Weetabix
1: at <laughs> 10, he made, to 10 room. 18. he made room for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so, they, like... so
0: they constantly inform you of your
2: child's um, bodily functions and not eating. Yeah, eat.
1: that's good. Yeah, he yeah,
0: good. and, you know, he slept at one, uh, uh, 12 for an hour and a half. And there's a nice picture of him playing with another child at ten forty-five. So you're like, I know, I know enough. I know It's enough. like a
1: Tamagotchi. You've
0: got a Tamagotchi. There is a similarity, yes. yes. Uh, there you go. Apart from, I can turn a Tamagotchi ah. off. Um, can you? But <laughs> I
1: think so. don't think you can. Can you turn them off? No, I think it just it just dies.
0: Naturally, I certainly can't turn it, off my child. No. I tell you That's what. I tell you what.
2: You lot are worried about Tamagotchis. What the fuck happened to all those Nintendo dogs? Uh.
1: <laughs> Don't
0: remember those. Gone, don't, get dead, they're they're, don't get in that rabbit hole. Don't get in that rabbit hole. Don't go down. <laughs> It's time to move on from history to parents' evening to whatever entertaining thing <laughs> Dane wants to pose in his question to wrap up today's show. Segway.
2: Right. So riding the slipstream of that clean segway, socially on a on a local and on a national level, I think uh, things have been crazy uh, of late. I think we all have our own individual stories, um, but based on what happened this week for me. And uh, news I became aware of last week. I'm reminded of a quote from the character Poot in The Wire. You ever see The Wire? Mm. Right. There's a part when I think he's speaking to... I want to get this thing right. Hold on. Poot said it to Bodhi. They're talking about uh, climate change. <laughs> and um, one of the characters says, I thought you said the world was getting hotter. And the character in question, Poot, he says, the world is going one way, people another. Yeah, I think it was very profound. So I wanted... To say to Yasmin, the world might be getting hotter, but it seems people are getting colder. Do you concur? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, because I've not met every single person in the world, mm-hmm. um, I will speak of my experience, obviously. Mm-hmm. Just about that disclaimer. Obviously, the question is very obvious, but.
2: Seems like the world's getting colder all around. Like, for a start, petrol is two pounds. <laughs> Yeah, we had a we the British people. We had a promise that if petrol went to two pound the liter, the revolution begins. And meanwhile, we don't have any yellow jackets like they have in France. We are still having this. So yeah, I mean, I think the, there's a the there's reason? a because lot. Of, don't care.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of meanwhile. Like yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I have like meanwhile etched into my brain, like stored in the back of my brain for whenever I need to just. Do you know what I? I would probably. It's weird, like I think like i I could agree in some instances, however i like I really try and surround myself with like minded people I sounds so fucking cliche, but I'm like I feel like because i'm like i'm I'm like my mum is my best friend and like, I've got an amazing partner and I've got some really really great friends and i I have I have conversations with like-minded people and in, in that sense, when I have those like-minded conversations, which can be challenging and people challenge and, you know, there, there there is growth happening there. I'm probably more inclined to be like, oh no, I feel like, you know, me and my people are going the same way. However, <laughs> looking at like the grand scheme of things and looking at my perception of the world, I'd probably agree with that quote it's hard to elaborate on because i just feel like i'm probably it's as well with social media we're we're so prone to just see in a lot of what we're talking about earlier like a lot of trauma a lot of negativity a lot of like shit and we do get stuck in rabbit holes and then sometimes i feel like are we just are we seeing it because we're looking for it are we like Mm. scrolling past the the good news news, news? or are people just more vocal about
2: Uh, Yeah, our algorithm suggesting to us, or uh, is it getting worse? Because I personally feel like I've been resistant to the fact that maybe people are getting worse, people are becoming more aggressive, more apathetic, more sociopathic, more violent. And I think that we are experiencing or we're beginning to see the effects of Mm -hmm. austerity. Obviously, it's something we became aware of for about 2008. And like, you know, 10 plus years later, I really think it's really beginning to set in that... uh, very flippantly in discussions. When I was in school, mind you, uh, you know, around the same time as parents evening, I had a friend of mine who used to constantly say that the value of human life is in decline. Mm. And I kind of got it, but I think of more recent times, our value of human life has declined Mm. substantially, even on the subject of something like climate change. A year ago, people were all in in making fun of and in Insulate Britain. Yeah. That was something to make fun of. These idiot people are blocking metal ways. That this really, really
1: upset me. And yeah. I think I saw people dressing up as them at Halloween, as them, sorry, at Halloween. I just thought, that's f- part of yeah, my language. That's fucked. Like, that's so... Yeah,
2: which, is a, which I'm sure is a function of media manipulation. But mm. it was very interesting that, you know, I recall an interview with one of the leaders of the, of uh, Insulate Britain. He was like, look, I'm not like a protester normally. Like, I'm a retired doctor. Mm. but I'm um, just seeing people I know who can't heat their homes. And so this was just a, in the space of just a, merely a year, people were making fun of Insulate Britain and people were ridiculing these people for blocking railways and people were complaining, I can't get to work and I need to get to work and do my job. Uh, uh, not realizing that now you fast forward a year and we're at a time now where the elderly and most vulnerable have this, there's this new thing where people have to it's eat. You have to choose eating or eating as a part of a necessity. and it, And it's like, when the, when the problem was brought to the fore, nobody wanted to act. Mm. And now we're seeing this change in the same way that like a year or so ago, yeah, no more than a year ago, it would have been a year in a year or so ago, America, for example, as a nation, seemed very comfortable with the fact a large majority of them were comfortable with or not uncomfortable enough to act on the fact that um, the president had a very healthy and overt relationship with the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. Fast forward a year when uh, a large scale conflict or a war between Russia and Ukraine has begun. And now we're seeing this strange piece of condemnation from our government. When a year ago, this person was the exact same person who had already begun hostilities towards Ukraine by attacking, by cyber attacking their banking system. So for me, it's like, why does it take for things to affect people directly before they give a fuck? In the same way, like 2016, we had a Brexit vote and everyone was like, leave means leave. And now you have Britons who are strangely outraged by the fact that they now have to queue in the longer queue as non-EU citizens because they willfully voted for the removal of their freedom of movement within Europe. And now they're complaining. So I'm just like, well, why the fuck are you not complaining now? Why does it always take for you to happen to somebody directly? For us to give a shit,
0: because we've been, we, we, you know, we're unfortunately in a world that lacks any kind of universal meaning. Really, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mean. What well, is the like, thing? Because,
2: like I said, we, we were discussing history in the first question, where it's like we have a number of examples where we see either regressive ideology that leads to, you know, human suffering and suffering in general, non, and genocide, and then we see how, you know, collaboration between human beings can produce art which um, you know exemplifies the best parts of ourselves so it's like why the fuck are we not learning from history that like all these things all these acts of aggression towards other human beings and other individuals all these acts of apathy like all of these are contributing brick by brick to our destruction overall like do people not see how bad things again like in your personal opinion like has anything happened you're like because for me the two pound petrol thing <laughs> seems like just—it seems like a small thing Yeah, But it's like, I don't think people understand how bad things are going to get because Mm two pound per litre for petrol, that was unimaginable maybe two years ago.
1: I I always say like, you know, when people go like, oh, imagine if it was like just, and they'll give like a, an example, like you say, like, probably, oh imagine if like one day it's going to be two pound a litre or something like that. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Like, yeah, people. My honestly, do you remember like, when
2: people like go back to Africa and everyone be like, "You got to be do better than that." And now they're shipping people to Rwanda,
1: babe. This is what I'm saying. I just, yeah.
2: And if you don't know Rwanda, listeners, Rwanda, you know the the, the site of a genocide where you had the most people killed in one scale conflict in the shortest time possible. Since the Yugoslav War, which was made even more harrowing because a large amount of the killings done in Rwanda were done by machete. So why? Somebody would think that is a destination for asylum seekers. I don't know. So, yeah, what the, what's going on, Howard? This, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to channel my inner Bob Dylan right here and do social commentary
1: in this time that we're in, at this present moment. You really would hope that your individual interactions also can give you just a little gem of something sometimes. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it's unfortunate that you, we are seeing what's happening on mass happen in the small moments as well. So you're mm. like, well, what is going on then? Because if, yeah, what like is going on? Because I'm, you, I'm just seeing there is literally a war going on out there, and you want to have a silly argument here. You want to divide the diaspora sometimes as well. Like, don't yeah. argue against me when we're both fighting for that like it's just I think those individual moments can really actually be like little breaking points for people as well
0: well, it's it's important to say that we're doomed, and it's been a great episode. It's been a great episode of the show, and uh, and um, we've run out of time. I wish we could keep talking about that, but we have actually run out of time. Uh, it was also always the metaphor for where we are in civilization. Uh, but hasn't Yasmin been a nice oh, guest? I feel like
1: it was all negative. <laughs> just, just, like, just a note. No, it wasn't. We did yeah. history.
0: We did. We did. We did some. We did some happy and there stuff are about. Some great you know, people in the world, By the way, there are some wonderful people in. Yeah, you'll find <laughs> oh, them at God, some point. No. I'm sure there's a few. But it's been, it's been, it's been a good one, isn't it, oh, Dave?
2: It's definitely been a good one. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed yourself, uh, Yasmin. I have. Um, could you let our listeners know where they can find out more about your good works and uh, up to date on your, your findings from your um, searches into rabbit holes? Cause I think <laughs> that's a good one.
1: So across all socials, it's uh, at Yasmin Evans. Y-A-S-M-I-N. Not a J. Not Jasmine. Not Yasmine, Yasmin, Yasmin. Um, and you can catch me on the heart. A, that's
2: a contentious one there. <laughs> but, um, <laughs>
1: Mm. I think you need
0: to start your own brand of uh, get some Yasm- get some jasmine rice. <laughs> going, uh, I'd love you to start your own brand of r- your own brand of rice <laughs> to be really popular. I'll talk to your agent if after. If Oliver can have jollof
2: rice and jerk rice, you can definitely have Yasmin rice. There
1: we go, and and you can also listen to me on Heart London throughout the week sometimes, but always twelve to four on a Sunday.
2: There you go, listeners. If you think that the world has lost its heart, then at least you can listen to Yasmin riddle the
0: heartfelt songs on Heart FM. Pick up some Yasmin rice from your local supermarket market it's rice you yeah. really want to talk about um i'm gonna go and pitch that to your agent uh good luck for the next recall dane uh, no well fun time we've had and uh, i don't feel depressed about the state of the world from the last question at all uh, <laughs> thanks yasmin we thank we, you so blast. much
1: guys I appreciate you both thanks yasmin
0: you've been listening to dane baptiste questions everything Hosted by Dane Baptiste and myself, Howard Cohen. Our guest was Yasmin Evans. You can follow Yasmin on Instagram, at Yasmin Evans. For more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram, at DaneSnaptiste, and at the Howard Cohen. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram, at dbqe podcast and we could feature you in our next episode thanks for listening guys and remember question everything insanity group